the book of Daniel chapter 4. chapter 4 we you know as I was writing and pondering over this and thinking about it even this morning more came to my mind you know me and Bible prophecy I love it I love to read it I love to teach it and I had a simple thought for you this morning and it will be simple but I think I want to go more into other things that might take a week or two or three by the time we're finished this. We have a, a lengthy reading just to start with, but keep your Bibles open. Daniel 4 and verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high... God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Now just let me stop there. We're going to see that the man who is saying this now to you and I, to you and I from chapter 4 verses 1 to 3 We're going to show you he went through something. He went through a horrible time and a terrible time, but he needed to go through it. He had to go through it. And we'll look at that as time evolves and goes on. And you notice the language here compared to what happens next and what what unfolds as we go along. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in mine house Notice, I'm flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And I told the dream before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But at the last, Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. Notice that. According to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, plural. Notice that. And before him I told the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret troubleth thee, tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen, and the interpretation thereof. Thus were the visions of mine head in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, And the height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong. And the height thereof reached unto heaven. And the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. Now notice the size of this tree. 
The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much. And then it was meat for all. And the beasts of the field had shadow under it, and the fowls of heaven dwelt in the boughs thereof, and all flesh was fed of it. I saw in the visions of mine head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and an holy one came down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Hew down the tree and cut off his branches, shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beasts get away from under it and the fowls from his branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field and let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth and let his heart be changed from a man's heart and let it let a beast's heart be given unto him and let seven times pass over him. Now we'll stop there just for a moment and we'll buy on a word of prayer and we'll ask the Lord's blessing on what we're going to say today. Father, we just worship you Lord, even as we have sang your praises, you, you've been faithful of, as always, and your spirit is in our midst. And Lord, you're moving, and even, Lord, you've touched hearts already, and you've blessed your people, Lord. For those of us who have reached out and worshiped and praised you, Lord, and give you thanks, we, we tell you, Lord, that we love you. And those of us who have come to hear your word will hear with a, a joyful heart, Lord. will hear, Lord, even the, the things that you would say to us, that we would be able to apply the word of God to our lives. So, Father, this morning, in Jesus' name, speak to this people and to all that will hear the word of God. Lord, glorify your name. And may your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, be exalted in everything, even as we have sang. Jesus, be the center. We'll love you because you first loved us. And we thank you, Father, this morning. We ask it in his name and for his glory. Amen. Let me tell you the ending that I saw right at the beginning. Now that doesn't mean when I say this, you leave here at 10 past 12 on a Sunday morning and go home. You already know the ending. We know the ending at the book of Revelation where the saints of God have victory through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death at the coming of Christ and the setting up of his great kingdom. We know the ending. And as I told you before, when I was in school, we had a maths book. And at the end of it, right at the back, was all the answers. Um, our teacher, we thought, well, our teacher must have been really silly, stupid. Did he not know that the answers were at the back pages of the book that he's just given us? So I had the, the question, and I just wrote equals, and I wrote the answer that was at the back of the book. I never had an easier time doing my homework before. Until the teacher says, Davidson, come here. What have you done here? I says, well, there's the question and there's the answer. He says, do you think I don't know the answers at the back of the book? It was the working out between the question and the answer. It's the working out of it in between. 
That's what I had to learn. That's what I had to work out for myself. That's what I had to put myself into action to, to, to see come to pass. Here is the question. Here is the sum. Here is the problem. Now here is the answer. But what is it in between? Maybe your life's like that at the moment. That you've found somewhere you're in between. And you're in between maybe problem to problem. You have a query, a question, or you have a, a circumstance and, and you're wondering, you know, I know the answer is, Lord, that, that you'll bring me through. I know that. It's really, I'm taught it, I'm told it, I've heard it, even experienced it before, but now I'm in the working out of it. That's the hard bit, isn't it? That's the bit where you dig deep. That's the bit where you keep trusting. That's the bit where you need fellowship. That's where the bit where you, you should be out more at your meetings to, to hear God's word, to be with like-minded people, where you should cut your fellowship off from the world and have fellowship with God's people. You need the, the working out of it. As I said in Daniel chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3, that Nebuchadnezzar, he's not of the covenant people. He's a heathen. He's a king with great wealth and with great riches and mighty army. He's a king with everything that he would ever need at his very fingertips. His kingdom, uh, it says, is from one end of the earth. That would be, obviously, the known earth then, from one end of the earth to the other. And all the nations come and feed of him. All the nations come and bow to him. All the nations come and take from him. All the nations come like the birds in the branches and the beasts finding shelter under the tree. And in Nebuchadnezzar's uh, narrative here from verses 1, 2, and 3, we realize that he's praising the goodness of the God of eternity. The God who was never his God and who is not his God. Because he realizes by now whom God is. God who has blessed him in spite of him. Let me say it again. God who has blessed him in spite of him. God who had a plan and a purpose for Israel, had a plan and a purpose at this point for the kingdom of Judah, had this man raised up that they would even become captive, that he would teach his people. Do you know even God can use things in the world, use worldly people to teach you and I a lesson. God can bless them abundantly. We wonder how, but yet we would maybe take the jobs off them and we would have our own riches that God would bless us in it. God has a a thousand ways to answer every prayer. A million ways to answer every prayer. And God was using Nebuchadnezzar And he blessed Nebuchadnezzar in spite of Nebuchadnezzar. He blessed Nebuchadnezzar because he was a God of blessing. And he had a blessing ultimately for his people. Don't get upset when the ungodly seem to do better than you. Don't get upset when the ungodly seem to get the better jobs. God has a blessing for you. For we know that in all things. Not some things, not a few things, not a couple of things. All things work together for good. To them that love God, to those who are the called 
according to his purpose. And there is a purpose for you in the calling of God. God has a purpose for every one of you, for every life, for every person, young and old this morning. There's a purpose in God for you. That's why he saved you. He loved you from before the foundation of the world and he has a purpose for your life. Here we have a man who is blessed and yet he's blessed in spite of him. And chapter 4 of Daniel, verses 1, 2 and 3, he's praising the God he never knew. Sure, what are you and I saying? You and I are praising the God that at one time we never knew. We were like the heathen ourselves. We, we didn't know him, didn't want to know him. We were doing our own thing, walking our own way. We were in our own sin until the, with sovereign grace, God called us to his son. And saved our soul for time and for eternity. Daniel chapter 4, here we have Nebuchadnezzar, he has a dream. Dreams of a great tree, that's his kingdom. And it's frightened him for something's wrong. It says here in verse 13, I saw in the visions of my head, upon my bed, And behold, a watcher and an holy one came down from heaven. Now here he's starting to tell Daniel of his dream. Now he said Daniel, and Daniel was the spirit of the holy God, small g and an s at the end to make it plural. You see, he was a heathen. He was an unbeliever. He knew nothing about the God of Abraham and of Isaac and Jacob. He knew none of this. And he says, Daniel, there's something about you. And to his reckoning, to his understanding, he knew there was something about Daniel, but he couldn't put his finger on it. So what did he know? He knew that God was about him, thinking it was his own God. That is Nebuchadnezzar's God. Of course, it was the spirit of the living God that was in Daniel. And the spirit of the living God enabled Daniel to interpret dreams. And the spirit of the living God not only enabled Daniel to interpret dreams, but before this, he enabled Daniel to see a dream before he was even told it. Let's not put God in a box this morning where we feel God is someone who has saved their soul. Now sit in your seat and that's all God knows about you. And that's all God will do with you. Here, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He's telling Daniel about the dream. And Holy One came down. In other words, he had a visitation and started to tell him about this dream. Look at what it says in verse 14. He cried aloud and said thus, Hew down the tree and cut off his branches Shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beast get away from under it and the fowls from his branches. No wonder he was afraid. What on earth is this great tree? Nebuchadnezzar asked Daniel. Why why are they cutting off his branches? 
Why are they taking off its leaves? Why are they scattering its fruit? Why are they chasing all the animals from underneath it? This tree was so great and mighty. He says, Daniel, what is this dream about? It's, it's making me a bit afraid here. And the angel cried aloud to do it. It wasn't done in secret. It wasn't a secret thing. Sometimes the preacher... Sometimes the teacher, sometimes maybe it's yourself when you go to speak to someone about the things of God. They look at you with blank expression and they're dead and they're trespasses and their sins. They can't understand it and you cry aloud unto them. Oh, if you were just waking up. If you could only see the devastation that will come. If you could just realize that you and I do not know the day when the Lord will call and judgment would be poured out and meted to you. Like this holy angel comes down, this holy one comes down and cries aloud and devastation comes, so will come the day of the Lord. Here the holy one comes and he cries, this place is devastated. Look at verse 15. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth. Leave the stumps, the roots in the earth. You know what you see when you see this? You know what I read when I read this? Mercy. Grace. Kindness. Goodness. Even love. High on earth do we see that? We see that because God was saying, you're going to go through a time. And here is the problem. The roots or the branches will be cut off. The leaves will be taken away. The fruit will be scattered. The animals will be put out. And you'll be left like a stump. Don't pull the stump out of the ground, he says. Leave the roots. Don't kill it all together. You may say, well, what's that got to do with me? Let's read on and we'll show you. Let's go to verse 17. This is the matter. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones. To the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth over the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. This dream I Nebuchadnezzar have seen. Now, thou, O Belteshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation But thou art able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour. And his thoughts troubled him. 
The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto heaven, and the and the sight thereof unto all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meant for all, under which the beasts of the fields dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is thy, O king, that art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown, and reached unto heaven, and thy dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas the king saw a watcher and an holy one coming down from heaven and saying, Hew down the tree, hew the tree down and destroy it, yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth with even, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field and let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king, that they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, until seven times pass over thee, till thou knowest that the Most High ruleth over the kingdoms of men, and gather it. To whomsoever he will, he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after that thou shalt have known that the heaven do rule. This is what he says. You are the great tree. Your kingdom is this great tree. You're the kingdom above all kingdoms. And Nebuchadnezzar, he says, it's going to come to nothing. In other words, you even personally are the tree, and you are going to be cut down even to the stump of the roots. Men will cast you away from them. And you will eat grass like an oxen, and it will happen until seven times pass over thee. You know, sometimes when things go wrong in our lives, we query, obviously, we analyze them, we search out the reason why. And we generally tend to find in many causes that we can't work it out and understand it. The answer eludes us. Nebuchadnezzar, but for the revelation of the Spirit here, he would have been the same. What on earth is going on? And as he would pass into this period only for the word of God before it. Now notice this brother. Notice this sister. Nebuchadnezzar was told the word of hope, the word of grace, the word of mercy. Only for that word, Nebuchadnezzar would have went through the seven time period. Not knowing when it would end, how it would end, or if it would end. What is the end? Where is his hope? But God gave him hope. God gave him his word. God said he would come through it. God said he would recover. God said he would not altogether be taken away. 
God said things would be sure unto him because God had decreed it and said it. You know, sometimes frustration sets in our problems, our hurts, our trials that seem to overshadow us. Can't go on anymore. And whether mentally or physically or spiritually, maybe you're not well and things, your body has held you back. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak as such. And maybe it's been spiritually, every time you put a step forward to serve God, you feel you're taking two steps back. Someone said to me not that long ago, they set out to do a ministry for the Lord. He says, do you ever feel that when you start moving forward in God that you get opposition? Hello? (laughs) I says, well, when you start moving for God and you don't get opposition, that's when you start to worry. Is it off God at all? And in our Christian lives, as born-again believers, Here's the thing, if you and I don't come into opposition at times, then we wonder, are we making any forward movement for God? The devil is happy enough to let you come to church and sit on a pew and go home and and be not back at church till the next week. He's happy with that. He's delighted at that. If we would all say, listen, my life could be easy. If you would all come and give your tithes and your offerings all day Sunday... And we could pay all of our bills and then we could have a morning meeting. Or maybe, well, if you want to stretch a nighttime meeting, we'll have one. Or we could be called what one church calls them smoes. You know what a smoe is? A Sunday morning only. We could become that. Life would be easy. But be no advancing for the kingdom of God. And you and I would be drifting away from the things of God. I want to look at how our circumstances, what do we do when it all goes wrong? Nebuchadnezzar, I want to let you know something. Everything's going to go wrong. What? I cannot. Everything's so great. Look at the finances I have. Look at the job I've got. Everything's doing well. Our business is flourishing. You want to tell out the European Union? You know why the European Union didn't and won't prosper? Because it's godless. Full stop. Because it's satanic. Full stop. Because it is Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom was Babylon. And that runs right through to the monetary system, not only in Europe, but around the world today. And it's going to crash, and it's going to fall. So if your money's in Europe, get it out. That's another sermon for another day. Here we have Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Where does this kingdom spring from? And we'll go into this for a few moments. And then after that, next week, we'll move in more personal detail. Where does this kingdom spring from? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 10, please. 
Genesis, the seedbed of the Bible, the book of the beginnings. I am going to take you a little through, uh, just a, 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 a little bit of prophecy here, just as I say it and we we'll go along. Genesis chapter 10, and let your eye run down to verse 8. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Even, wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before the Lord. Here is the beginning of Nimrod's dominion. Go to chapter 11. And the whole earth, first one, the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there, conf- and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore, is the name of the place called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord, of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Here we have, Babel means confusion. God confused their language. They were building a tower to heaven. Now this doesn't necessarily mean they were trying to build something bigger than skyscrapers. It means they were building an altar high up. They were building uh, pyramid type buildings. They were going up and they were worshipping, trying to reach heaven by their works. They were relying on their riches. They were relying on their own glory. They were relying on, on offerings of their own children, killing and burning and maiming and mutilating their own babies. And God saw it was horrific. And God says, enough is enough. And he came down and smote them. And he scattered them. Now you think of the European Union for starters. We don't want to go into Europe now. I've done it two years ago. Maybe do another night of that again. European Union is gathering all the nations together again. And it's gathering the nations under the guise of monetary uh, strength together, the euro. Well, now we know that's become a laughing stock and a joke. 
Greece pulls out. If Greece defaults on paying its debt, France will fall because France has all of Greece's bonds and it's given so much money hoping to get money in return. So France will fall. Spain is next. Watch Spain. And then Portugal, the south of Ireland. You know, you have to watch all of these. The only one that's still uh, strong is Germany at the minute. They're very industrious people, aren't they? And even at that, the people of Germany, they are sick, sore and tired of bailing out everybody else, but the government won't listen. This again is Babylon being gathered together under a monetary system. Again, spiritually, they are gathered together. They're gathered together under the Church of Rome. It is the spiritual Babylon from what we read here. It is their worship which has flown from there to pagan Rome to to papal Rome. And of course, Babylon goes into other world systems as well. Babylon uh, 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 in Babylon itself and their worship and even where Rome comes from and Islam are all very closely linked together. People don't realize that. People say that Allah is the God who is the God of the Muslims. They say that he is the God of, of, of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And he's not the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob at all. He is the moon God. And the moon God was worshipped in Babylon even before there was any Muhammad himself. And the moon God was Nimrod and his wife. Ashtoreth or Ashtarte or Ishtar, where you get Easter from. Oh dear. See your Easter egg, by the way. So I'm going to tell you where that comes from. At, oh, that's the stone rolled away from the tomb. That's another ploy of Rome. The Easter egg. There was a vision said that the Easter egg, a big, not an Easter egg, but a giant egg, fell down from heaven. Must have had a thick skin because it didn't break. And it fell down from heaven into the river Euphrates. And the fish all got together and rolled it out of the river. Sounds like evolution, doesn't it? This is the story of it. This is one of their worship systems. And rolled the egg away. And out of it came another god. That's why you hear me saying Passover all the time. The Israelites worship in Passover. How did we get down this line anyhow? Where are we going from here? <laughs> See, you go off on a track and you can't remember where you were. This kingdom worshipped everything. They worshipped the god Baal. Turn with me to Daniel 2 and then we'll come into this. We'll round it up and we'll come into, we'll come into it next week Nebuchadnezzar should have known better Nebuchadnezzar should have known better in the ways he will read into next week how basically he fronted himself against the living God he didn't take on board the word of God or the dream the interpretation of the dream 
He gets worse in his pride. And he says, I work hard. I do this. And he forgets God. He forgets the word of the Lord. And he forgets all about God. And God scatters that kingdom. He should have known better. And why? Let's look at Daniel chapter 2. And he sees another dream. For time's sake, let's go down to verse 31. Here again, he calls for all the men. Then he calls for Daniel. Verse 31. Now, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of gold, his breast and arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and and part of clay. Till thou sawest that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof, O king. So here he says, i seen an image, King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar didn't tell them what the dream was. His magicians and soothsayers wouldn't say, this is what the dream is, and tell them what the dream was about. Instead, he says, I'll tell you the dream first of all. And when I tell you the dream, he says, then when I tell you the dream, I will tell you the interpretation after that. He says there was a great image, had a head of gold. Its arms and its, uh, its, arms and its chest was of silver, its it's a midriff, as it were. Its belly was of brass, and its legs, how its legs were of iron, and then uh, of iron and clay down to the feet. Four kingdoms he mentions. The first kingdom that we know is the head of gold. The second kingdom, the first kingdom was Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. The second kingdom, with the two arms of silver and chest, was the Medo-Persian kingdom, which would take over that. Then the third kingdom would be Brass, which was Alexander the Great, the Grecian Empire, which would take over that. Then the fourth kingdom was Iron, which was the Roman, the pagan Roman kingdom, which was there in our Lord's day. And that was the Iron kingdom. Then there was the Iron and the clay that would not mix together. And that comes right down today to the European Union. The kingdom's rolling into one. See, heads right the whole way down. Says this kingdom's just flowing. But then he talks about a stone not cut out without hands. And it comes out of it, out of it, and it smashes the, the, the image, and the image falls. The stone was Israel. And then it was Israel going into a great nation in the earth, growing into a, a, a nation that would bring forth the gospel. It was a nation of saved, collected saints then. And it grows as you and I are today until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ when the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And he's saying this nation will fill the whole earth. This whole kingdom will be God's kingdom. And this is what this dream is. He says, Thou art. Notice this, and we'll read this first bit. Verse 36, this is the dream, and we will tell thee the interpretation thereof before the king. O king, 
art a king of kings, for the God of heaven. Notice where he gets it from. The God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, and the fowls of heaven, hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold, he says. He says, Nebuchadnezzar, God give you this kingdom. The God of heaven and not the gods that you worship and not your own hands. You're the head of gold. We read later that Nebuchadnezzar is puffed up. I'm the head of gold. Daniel chapter 3 tells us. Look at Daniel 3. Verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And when he played the music everyone was to bow down to worship. Here he becomes the head Not Christ. Can I ask you something, brother and sister? We're finishing here. Next week we'll go into more. I'll show you more. Can I ask you something? Who's the head of your life? Is Sunday night TV the head of your life? Are you the head of your life? Who's the head of your life? See, everything you have, he gave it to you. Nebuchadnezzar, God's been good to you. Nebuchadnezzar, God has blessed you. Nebuchadnezzar, he's made you great. Make sure you worship. Give him the praise. Well, I've worked hard. and We own all this land and we own this big, great factory. Are we... Whatever, and that's nothing wrong with that. But you need to remember this. Every single thing that you and I have was given to us by him. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. When you're giving, you receive your wages, do you give measly to the Lord or do you give him his tenth, his tithe? By the way, your whole wage is his. He just allows you to take nine-tenths of it. Or will he say, as he says in Malachi, will a man rob God? Who says we're robbing you, God? You're robbing me in your tithes and your offerings. Imagine God shouting, stop thief. I wonder how many of us would be stopping thief. Do you rob God of his time with you? He's caused you to live. He's given you health. There's people who are dying in a hospital who would love to be here this morning. They would love to be here. Are you working because it's double time on a Sunday? You get more money? He says, I give you this kingdom.
Where are we with God? Brother, sister, please, where are we with God? Are we putting ourselves, our families, our idols, our jobs, our homes, are we putting it all before him? Let this morning be, Lord, everything that I have and everything that I am, I owe to thee, O Calvary's Lamb. And give ourselves back to Christ and let's start serving him again for his glory. God bless us this morning. There was a wee bit of a challenge there at the end, but let's take it home. A wee bit of prophecy there. We'll show you a little bit more next week. I love this stuff and I don't want to get bogged down with it because it will go on for a long, long time. But we'll do more next week. No, we'll do next week. I'll tell you what Nebuchadnezzar done inside Babylon. You know what he actually did? He built a 400 foot high mountain for his wife. Now, you know, a bunch of flowers from the garage isn't going to cut it after this. He built a 400 foot high mountain for his wife because his wife lived in the mountainous regions of Media. And now she was in the plains of Dura. And he says, What is it that'll keep you happy, love? <laughs> Because apparently she was really unhappy. And brother, you don't want your wife to be really unhappy. (laughs) What is it you want, love? What is it there? And he built her a 400 foot high mountain in the middle of the city. (laughs) So, bless God. May he bless his word to our hearts this morning. Let's give as the Lord has enabled us this morning.